You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Interning 101 podcast, hosted by yours truly, Emily White, author of Interning 101. Welcome to mini episode 13 of the Interning 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily White, and Everything that you've read or in the book or heard on this podcast to date is important. I'm not just saying that because there's no skipping steps uh, on your road to success. But if there is a most important chapter in the book, it is definitely the chapter I'm going to cover today. And that is called Making Yourself Indispensable. And actually, before we dig into this very important mini episode, I apologize because we missed a week last week. And that's because I've been knee-deep in writing my next book, How to Build a Sustainable Music Career and Collect on All Revenue Streams. So that pre-order has launched, and I'm almost finished writing it. So check that out on Collective Entertainment's website, and the introduction premiered on Hypebot. So anyway, back to the task at hand. Um, A lot of times, interns and students think that, oh, if I intern at the same company long enough, I'll get a job. Or if, if people see interning on my resume, I'll get a job. That could happen. Um, but the best way to get a job is to make yourself indispensable in your internship. So that's what we're going to cover today. Um, this really is a super important chapter of the book. I just reread it before this episode and um, really not just trying to be self-promotional, check out this. If you want to learn how to get a job in competitive industries, read this chapter. So the first thing you need to do is really get good at grunt work um, because it's the foundation of everything. My first internship was at Powderfinger Promotions outside of Boston, and my boss, Winifred Chain, told me I was one of the best interns they'd ever had. And that was really surprising to me because all I did was everything that was that I that was asked of me, um, while also being per- polite, friendly, and saying yes to everything I was invited to. And again, that includes concerts that may not have been like a genre I knew that much about, or you know, wouldn't go to as a fan. I mean, it might sound like a no-brainer, free shows, but um, it actually does get. It didn't get old then, but it gets old after a while. So. Yeah, that's just super, super important to complete everything that's asked of you, do your tasks well, work hard, attend as many events as possible, respond to all messages. That's the foundation of of my company, whether you're a partner or an intern. We pretty much have one company rule, and that is to respond to all messages within 24 business hours. That means if I send you something at like 4 o'clock on a Friday, you have until 4 o'clock on Monday. So just get in that habit because that, you know, like if there's anything I'm proud of in my career, it's my reputation for reliability. And I know that's not very exciting, 
But uh, that's one reason why most people really like working with me. So get in that habit now as an intern or a student. Um, be genuinely kind and professional, stay on top of things as much as possible while also learning and of course evolving in multiple ways. So I've talked about this as far as expectations go, but once you land your internship, you know, you want to prepare by going to every page on the company's website, following them on Twitter, liking them on Facebook. We, we covered all that, but I also want you to become a blank slate as far as the tasks you think you might be given, even if you've talked about it, you know, in your interview. So when I first began interning for the Dresden Dolls, um, as I mentioned, Amanda Palmer had uh, very bad tendonitis in her forearms from her aggressive keyboard style and also uh, from typing hundreds of emails today because she was basically running the band. So the first task that Amanda gave me was to take dictation, um, which again, I, I may, I think I covered this, but you know, most people don't go to college to take dictation, but in hindsight, you know, so, so you could go into it being like, well, this sucks, or you could do it and do it with joy. Um, and in hindsight, that was a great way to get inside my boss's head, a band's head, because a boss is a business. Um, you know, most people don't ever enter the arts with the dream of typing emails, but that task gave me a ton of experience and insight. And like I said, a, a great way to get inside my boss's head. Another part of being indispensable is, you know, when you feel intimidated by something, you just have to push through it. Um, at the Dresden Dolls early shows, I was, I, th I mean, I thought venues were so cool. Um, so I was kind of intimidated by it. I was intimidated. I had very limited technical knowledge of live sound or gear. Um, so I did what I could, which was to make my merch table look as gorgeous and inviting as possible. Within a few years, I had learned so much that I was as comfortable on a stage in between acts or shows as I was in my own home. Um, so help out where you can. For me, that was wrapping cables if I didn't know much more about sound and, and things like that. I ended up becoming so comfortable in venues that I retired from tour managing at age 23. So you just have to push past that insecurity and that nervousness. You know, if there's something you truly don't know how to do and you've tried and you can't figure it out, um, then you, you know, can definitely ask someone, but, you know, just push through it. We've all been there. We've all been nervous in, in these, in, in these situations that you're facing. And at the same time, be dedicated to the task and the work, stay focused and don't complain. So, you know, I just talked about doing tasks and doing them with joy. And at the same time, you know, when you're given a task, like I said, you really wanna try to figure it out yourself instead of constantly, you know, asking your supervisor questions because that's why they've asked you to do the task. They're probably so overwhelmed and slammed themselves that, that's why they need help with it. So, you know, we talked about don't ask any questions that are Googleable, but at the same time, you know, I'm constantly Googling things to figure it out or watching videos on YouTube. And, you know, I, even as when I was entry level, I had bosses that were so busy and caught up in their own worlds, it would be unthinkable for me to constantly ask them questions. So you really want to try to figure things out yourself. And the problem solving skills that I developed due to not having, frankly, kind of my hand held um, is something that I cherish every day. It is, it's trained my mind to think about work differently. Um, it, I can effectively solve tasks that still come up all the time and really move forward across the board day in and day out. 
of course, like I said, if you can't figure something out and you've tried and you've Googled and you, you and you've YouTube, you can ask your supervisor and that rule applies to everyone. Um, but at the same time, you know, you want to save those interactions. So I have an example in the book about my previous business partner who was an expert in comedy and film and TV. And if there was a question in that area that I could figure out myself, like Googling, I would do that because I want to save you know, the time and the interactions I have with her. And that, you know, and that was my business partner. That was someone I was very close with. So, but let's also talk about internet-based research for a moment. Uh, the information is there. Keep searching, keep clicking. Don't leave any stone unturned. When I ask an intern to research an email address and they come up empty-handed, I think that's kind of lame. Um, check LinkedIn, check Facebook, you know, in my world, Facebook artist pages, Twitter links, official sites, try different combinations of Google searches to see what comes up in forums and other conversations deeply embedded into websites like Reddit. Keep going. The information is there. And if it really isn't, research how email addresses are set up at the company the person works at that you're trying to track down. Um, so that could be as simple as first.last at domain.com, but definitely let your supervisor know that um, you've searched and searched and searched and turned over every stone on the, on the never-ending internet, um, and this is what you recommend. You can also ask, of course, ask before doing, ask your supervisor if you can call the company um, that the per with the person whose email address um, that you're trying to track down and, and see if, if, if that's okay. All right, um, next up we're gonna talk about not getting bored. And again, you know, keeping a positive attitude and, and strong work ethic. So if you think that your boss or your tasks, maybe your boss too, um, your tasks are lame um, or too easy or too boring, um, remember that we also had a section in the book about shipping things, okay? so. Um, you really have to learn these skills because if you try to skip steps, um, it's going to bite you, bite you in the bum later. And I get it. Like, I remember being offended when, you know, a producer at VH1 asked me to do a coffee run, but now I understand like how much stress and, you know, time, how many time constraints he was under to get the shoot done. Um, so it's actually a huge help to run out and get coffee, as, as cliche as that is. And, you know, like even now, it's very rare that I would ask an intern to order lunch. Um, but even in the age of Seamless, if I'm asking you to do that, it means I do not have 10 seconds to order us lunch. And I don't know any boss that would do that and not buy you lunch as well. So you also score a free uh, meal out of it. Um, the other thing is if things are stressful around the office, um, or, you know, I'm so busy that I don't have time to order on Seamless, um, pay attention to what's going around you. It means the office is probably busy. You know, if people are rushing around frantically, um, you know, that means that maybe even a real work emergency is happening and not that like you want that to happen in your work environment, but you know, listen up, soak it all in, observe everything you can and do what is requested of you to the very best of your ability when it comes to the food ordering. Um, and also with these tasks, again, um, you, you want to keep a positive attitude because if you're adding to, you know, if you're negative and adding to the stress, um, it's, that's not really going to help anything. And the other thing to keep in mind is maybe you're being asked to do a task like coffee or lunch that seems super lame, but, um, 
you know, if you mess up that task, how are we supposed to trust you with higher level things? Like no joke. We had a client have a meltdown on Friday night because she's vegan and there was ham and chicken wings in her dressing room. You know, someone messed up. Um, so as petty as that might maybe sound to you, like that's really important to people. So if you put milk into a coffee with someone who's vegan or someone who has a dairy allergy, you know, why would we trust you with higher level things? So um, that's all super important. And, you know, know that no matter the task that you're doing, know, remember that consistent work is going to get you ahead, not necessarily every single piece of individual work you do. So if you don't get like, you know, overly thanked for the coffee or food order, um, don't sweat it. The people that get hired are the ones that consistently do a great job, not just like, oh, I did a thing. Okay, like I should be rewarded. And you probably are rewarded because you probably scored like a free coffee or um, lunch out of it. And again, that shows that you can handle higher level tasks because a lot of people, myself included, might start you off with basics um, to show that you can follow instructions so we can move you up. You know, the same thing applies if, for example, you're asked to make copies. Um, I have a colleague who's the president of a very successful music company. He actually began interning in high school because he's from Long Island and was able to intern in New York City. And he was asked to, so he was interning at a major label and he was asked to make copies of the agreement um, of the contracts. And, you know, you could look at it like, oh, this sucks, I'm making copies. Or you could read Janet Jackson's recording agreement and start to learn the ins and outs of a major label contract. Because everything that happens in a company is part of the entire structure. And so it's important to not only think about all the possible aspects of the task you are given, but also how it plugs into the bigger picture of the company. Um, I cannot stress that enough. Every single task you are given as an intern, I swear, plugs into a bigger picture. So think about that. Um, and if you don't know how it does, wait till a quiet time in the afternoon, and ask your supervisor for learning purposes. Um, for example, when I was a tour manager, um, at the end of the night, you do what's called settling, and that's when the artist gets paid. Um, depending on how much money comes in, the artist can also get some back-end money. Um, and to do that, the promoter has to deduct all of the expenses. Um, you don't have to understand what I just said, but my point is, even when the show didn't sell that great and I knew there wasn't going to be any back end. I always went through every single number um, to ensure that I, I completely understood the contract and everything that was happening. And what that resulted in is I'm still a whiz with uh, entertainment and music contracts to this day. So that's the best way to learn is to try to understand everything that's going on and how it plugs into the bigger picture. The other thing you want to do, you know, I, I know like, I told a story about an intern trying to get in with my boss when I was entry level and it was like the middle of the day on probably a Tuesday or something and it was just the worst time. And he said he was trying to network. So, you know, again, pick your time on that. Like, like I said, you know, afternoon, end of the week is good. Go to company events. Um, and if those things aren't happening, pick a quiet time to ask your supervisor if you can go to coffee or get lunch with them and then start to get them, get to know them a little bit. At the same time, at the coffee meeting, um, if, you know, do some research on the person because if they have a bio, which most people do like on company websites or, or things like that, 
Um, don't ask, again, that's kind of like asking someone something that's Google, Googleable. You want to save those interactions um, to get information that isn't just available on the internet. Although people do like talking about themselves. So I think that's an okay question um, for the interview. But in the interview, I'm saying more like, how did they get started at this company, which is very different? And how did they get started in your industry of choice. And that is something that I still do today. Um, I was recently meeting with the head of a company who wanted me to consult on a festival he was producing. And I noticed he used to work at RCA Records. And so I said, oh, so you must know David Basin, who had signed the Dresden Dolls, um, when he was at Roadrunner, because Roadrunner doesn't matter in this instance. But David Basin used to do A&R at RCA. And I also know that everybody loves David Basin. Um, this comment was an absolute hit in the meeting and, you know, helped, it just, it just helped to connect with the person I was talking to and, and led to a great consulting gig for me. You know, in that same meeting, it's interesting, um, this book came up, I was, I was writing it at the time and he said, oh, that's such a great idea. Um, you know, we just had an intern quit because she was bored researching hotels. Um, frankly, you know, their company does events. So I was kind of surprised they were having an intern look up hotels, but you know, for an event based company, um, researching travel is actually pretty high up as far as, uh, you know, intern tasks go. But you know, this is also what interning is all about. Like if, if you intern in the entertainment industry and you're like, oh, this sucks, <laughs> Again, that's a way better time to realize maybe entertainment isn't for you, um, so you can pursue something else. And you know, same with like to, again, like touring and events. Um, you know, people always want to get quote backstage. Um, I get that they want access to the talent and to the artists, but the reality of backstage is people doing boring production work to make the show happen. So it's not really as exciting as you think. And um, and if you want to be backstage at, you know, you know, if you want to be backstage uh, and intern with a company that does events, I encourage you to actually get really good with, with booking hotels. So again, you know, this is awesome advice if I do say so myself. Um, what to do when there is nothing to do. Um, again, you can look, you can learn, you can observe, you can pick up what to wear, you know, as far as like how formal or not people are um, with the dress code in your industry. Um, you can, without being creepy, listen in on phone calls, again, picking up industry terms and names and things like that. There's so much information to pick up at an internship by observing, and the vast majority of it is never going to be communicated to you. Communicated to you. And so those are the things that you know, really can only happen in the office environment and not necessarily, or I should say more in the professional environment um, and not necessarily in school. So again, you know, if you do need more things to do, don't interrupt a phone call, don't interrupt a conversation, wait for a quiet moment and see if there's anything you can help with. And the more that you're aware of your surroundings, um, this is a time where I am okay with you being proactive, but as always, ask before doing. If you see a messy bookshelf, ask if you can organize it. If you see digital files with incons inconsistent formatting, ask you know if you can organize those in a way that makes sense. Use your best judgment based on what you observe of how you can contribute in a way that maybe your supervisor doesn't always have time to assign you. That you know, like seeing things that are a mess, either in the physical or digital world, and asking to clean them up, like that kind of used to be what interning was all about. Because um, it's really, really helpful. So that's a great way to make yourself indispensable because you're immersing yourself into the company culture um, and really helping out.
And really the point is just do it. Do it all, <laughs> no matter the task, again, within moral and ethical reason. And if you think it sucks, reevaluate re the field at the end of your internship. Ultimately, you're building your name and reputation from day one, especially if you're given an email address with your with your name on it. I mean, that's a huge deal. Like all the big agencies, William Morris, CAA, APA, um, the the paid assistants there don't even get email addresses with their their names on it. If I, if I was an agent there and you were my assistant, your email address would be Emily White Assistant at William WME or whatever dot com. Um, I can't stand that because I think it hurts the professional development of assistants who are often women. Um, so, you know, if you're given a company email address with your name on it, know that you are building your reputation um, and use that as a positive. Like that's what I did in, in my early days. And just don't be above anything ever um, because this role is going to get you far in your career and you're going to learn new skills that you learn in the long term. Um, I still... You know, sometimes it's easier for me just to add email addresses to an artist's email list, um, you know, and do, or do, you know, <laughs> I have a new business partner, shout out, I won't say his name, but he's, the, well, I just gave it away because he's a guy. Um, but, you know, he was saying, oh, invoices, that's kind of intern work. No, it's not. That's how you get paid, you know? So um, I'm not saying like, don't, you know, people don't need help with those things, but you know, I know how to do all those things because I was never above doing any sort of admin or, or kind of menial task. Um, let's also talk about uh, not being too early, not being too late. You know, similar to your interview, if you're supposed to be there at 10 a.m., don't show up at 9.45. I might be out at a breakfast meeting and, and expecting you at 10. Um, if you're five minutes late, you know, not the end of the world. If you're you know, consistently more than five minutes late, figure it out so you can be on time. And to this day, I still um, will text someone if I'm running late for a meeting and I'm usually like not even that late at the end of the day. And they always appreciate it because again, they're then they're not just like sitting waiting and they can go on email or play, you know, whatever on their phone. Um, and finally, to make yourself indispensable, you know, this goes along with observing, but you know, you want to fit into the company's culture. Like on one hand, I want you to, you know, be yourself, but it's interesting because I just shared our new company culture doc with our company today. And for us, that's a culture of respect. Um, and that, that respect isn't just like being nice to each other. It's responding to all messages with 20 in 24 business hours. Like I mentioned, um, you know, helping each other out, going to, you know, company events, and, you know, to get to get into the culture of your industry, go to industry events, go to mixers. Um, my friend Noah, who runs the company Fanbridge, makes fun of me for using the word mixers like it's a, you know, dance from the 70s. But I don't know what else to call industry <laughs> events that are purely for networking. So that's what I'm calling them. Um, but ultimately, your internship experience is what you make of it. Um, you have your foot in the door and now maximize all of these tips Um you know, so you can make the most of your experience and, and it benefits you in your career. So uh, just to wrap up this mini episode, um, prepare to work extremely hard. Realize that timing is everything when you're asking your supervisor for anything, really, um, more tasks or advice and, and questions and things like that. Um, build relationships with the appropriate colleagues. You know, that's usually your supervisor and not trying to go above them. And again, like, 
the CEO and partners at companies are generally like super busy. Um, so, and then I mean like busy, like they don't even have time to help you. You know, they have kids, they have families, they have a million other things going on. Um, very often it's your internship supervisors that make the hiring and firing decisions. And when there's nothing quote to do, you want to observe and learn. And same with when, you know, it seems so crazy that someone doesn't have time, you know, speaking for myself to order lunch, pay attention to what's going on. Um, might be some good work stuff going on that you can observe and learn. So that is mini episode 13 of the Interning 101 podcast. But I'm very sorry that we missed last week. Uh, but it was for a good reason because um, I'm really pumped about my next book. Um, so more on that coming soon. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Interning 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily White. You can follow us anytime over on Twitter at Interning101, as well as on our website, interning101.com. I'm on Twitter at, at EMWizzle. Hit us up anytime if you have questions, comments, guest suggestions, or just want to get something off your mind. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.